This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The Glossing Detangler and Perfect Conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hey guys, it's Alana and you're listening to Seeing Other People Unfiltered. Each Thursday on Unfiltered, I'll be bringing on a different anonymous guest to open up about their real life dating experiences. We'll discuss what they went through or are going through, how they navigated it, what they've learned and what advice they have to anyone else going through something similar. Unfiltered is your reminder that no matter what you're going through, you're not alone. If you have a topic that you'd like to discuss on Unfiltered, please email your story to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com to be considered for an episode. Real people, real stories, real life. This is Seeing Other People Unfiltered. Today's episode may be triggering to anyone who has experienced any form of sexual assault. On today's episode, I'm joined by a woman who had a non-consensual sexual experience when she was a college student. We hear about the events leading up to this, what actually happened in the moment, and how it's impacted her long-term. We discuss guilt, trust, consent, communication, safe dating, and more. I also share a similar experience that I went through. To anyone listening who's been through something like this, know that you're not alone. Seeing Other People Unfiltered is presented by Mindset Wellness CBD. If you haven't tried Mindset Wellness CBD, or any CBD for that matter, you are missing out. Mindset Wellness CBD's products, all of their gummies are gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO, organic, and they taste incredible. They have helped my anxiety, they've helped me sleep at night, and I couldn't recommend them more highly. 
head to mindsetwellnesscbd.com and use code seeing other people at checkout for 10% off and free shipping. All right, we are in the episode. Thank you so much for being here. I am really excited for our conversation and I would love if you could start by just introducing yourself and what you're here to talk about. All right. Hi, I am Anonymous (laughs) and I'm here to talk about a, I guess, dating after a non-consensual sexual experience. Um, That's the most comfortable, like, way of wording it for me. I know other people have different words for it, but that's something that I feel good about. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I, as soon as you emailed me, I mean, I even appreciated the way that you said that because like I said to you when I responded, like it's unfortunately relatable and something that I've experienced as well. And, and I know many people who have, and for me, it's also the way that I feel comfortable wording it. And it's like, there are other words we can use and I, I've like tried to say them and I'm like, no, no, no. Like I can't, that's not like, maybe that's what it was, but that's not how, like, I don't feel okay saying that. Um, so I, I appreciate you pointing out that everyone has, has different ways of explaining and, and saying it. Yeah. So do you want to walk me through what happened? Um, obviously in as much or as little detail as you think matters and as you feel comfortable sharing. Sure. I wrote down notes. I'm going to look at it. But um, I guess as the backstory, I was in college and I was kind of coming out of a period of time in which I was like sort of shut down from the world and like had like other stuff going on and wasn't really dealing with them and like had some boundary issues. (laughs) And I basically had very little to no dating experience never had sex, never did like very little sexual experience. And like part of my like trying to like work on this was like, okay, I'm going to start dating people. Like I'm going to like get out of my shell. Like I need to move on from this period of life. And so I went on a few dates um, that, you know, were fine. And then this person I met in a class And it was like a really interesting class. And afterwards, people would chat a lot. So maybe like three or four times we ended up chatting after class. And the last day, we were chatting for a while. And we ended up like leaving and going to a coffee on campus. And afterwards, like it was, we were having a great conversation. It was like, oh, let's continue this over dinner. Like I have another class. Didn't think anything of it. Kind of took it as like a friendly dinner. Um and made a maybe not so smart decision of allowing him to pick me up for the dinner. So we went to dinner. And as soon as we got there, it was like, immediately feeling kind of uncomfortable, like he was really rude to the hostess. And then like, we got in and we sat down and he was like talking about marriage and his hand was on my leg. And I was like, Oh, God, like kind of already just 100. Yeah, I was like, I don't know if I want to be here. And he started like talking about a lot of life experiences to the point that I was like, how old is this guy? Like I like at first, you meet someone in college, you assume they're like in their 20s, like you, but then I was like, this guy has to be like 40 if he's had this many experiences. So I was like, had the heebie-jeebies a little bit. Um, we ended up paying for dinner. I like very much insisted on paying for mine because I wanted to be like, I'm not into this. I just want to go home. Yeah. And we walk back to his car. I'm slightly fuzzy on exactly how like certain parts of it went, but 
while we were in his car, he started to kiss me and I kind of was like, whatever, I'll just like do this and like he'll be done eventually and I can go home, which is kind of awful. But I feel like that's sort of the mentality that ended up escalating. Um, at some point after we were kissing for a little bit, he just like stopped, went completely silent and like started to drive in silence. And I was like, okay, okay like he's taking me home, like <laughs> kind of naive. And well, you were kind of like, oh, my theory was right. Like yeah. he did it. He stopped. I was like, he's done. Yeah. So all of a sudden he pull starts to pull into a parking garage and I like got that feeling in my stomach of like something like what's going on. And I was like, what are we doing or where are you going? And he didn't respond. And I don't know, like I just kind of shut down. It, it's, it's one of those things that you look back and you're like, why didn't I get out of the car? Why didn't I run away? Why didn't I say, I want to go home? You know, it's like you guilt yourself so much in retrospect. Yeah. Um, so he was like driving down. It was like, I swear it was like five levels. And so I was like super isolated. Um, but I didn't really react. I didn't say like, stop, what are you doing? I just kind of took, took the situation. Um, at first I was like, are we going to walk in the mall? <laughs> um, then he asked me to come to the back of the car and like, it kind of just became this like series of negotiations with myself. I was like, okay, like I'm laying down with my head on his lap. Like I'm going to cover my lower body with my arms and like find whatever he's touching my upper body. But like that part is no. And I was like frozen, staring straight ahead, not responding. And he was doing things. Um, so eventually he like pushed my hands away and I was like, okay, well I won't, won't do the next thing or something. Mm -hmm. And then like he started pushing my face towards him and I like kind of resisted. Um, and then he moved to like take my pants off and with his mouth, sorry, it's like hard to like no, not no, say the details, great. but it is what it you're is. And the way I experienced it was just like all of a sudden I like came back into my body and I like threw my hands down to cover myself and like yelled no. Um, I don't know why it took this long, but um, I had to do that three times. He like protested each time and then finally accepted it. And then I was just like shell shocked kind of sitting there and I was like, I want to go home. Um, and it was silent the whole ride home, except for him asking me if the reason I wasn't the reason I like ended it was because of his size. It's like, oh are you god. delusional? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So, I guess, like, the way I've kind of made sense of that is, I think of like boundaries, sort of as like these little spheres, and like mm -hmm. I think of biology when you like think of the cell membrane that has like osmosis, and like you let some people through, and I think you have like these concentric spheres kind of going down to your like solid core absolute no and I think my boundaries were kind of out of whack to where like I couldn't say no until someone hit that like core yeah. absolute no um well I'm sure also coming from like the few hours that led up to this it's like you you instantly were uncomfortable with him when you got there like he was being rude to the hostess and like you questioned his age and you thought this was like a 20 something year old and maybe it's like a 40 something year old and he was driving you. So it was almost like he was in charge. And and for me, I feel like I wouldn't even have like 
thought to be like, oh, I have a say in this, you know, it's like, it's such a, like, consuming experience where you don't even if like, you're not okay with it. And you, like, obviously want nothing more than for it to not be happening. You don't necessarily feel like you have the power to stop it. Yeah. And you kind of just feel like paralyzed, like this is happening and there's nothing I can do about it. And, and also it's like, you said before, like, why didn't you get out of the car? Why didn't you like say, I want to go home? It's like, well, who knows if you got out of the car, maybe this guy would have come chasing after you. Like you don't know. And so in terms of like everything leading up to it, I mean, obviously I'm so sorry that you experienced that. And like, it's just, it's so scary. And it, it's something that of course, like really leaves an impact and, and we'll get into that next, but it's like, there's, I'm sure looking back, you blame yourself a lot. And I'm sure anyone who's a victim of this type of experience does. It's like, well, I could have done something to stop it. It's like, maybe, but also maybe not. And probably not. And if that was this person's intention, there probably was nothing that you could have done. I think like one of the hardest parts for me was that I was eventually able to get it to stop and able to like yell no. Mm -hmm. And like, that's that part that becomes the sticking point. And I think that's part of what motivated me to come here is like, you don't hear these like somewhat ambiguous stories very often. It's like someone was unconscious. There was like a violent gun or, you know, something like that. And like, I'm like, it's been five years and I still like struggle to name what happened to me. It took me two years even to name it at the time. Like, and I think that's probably a common experience of like, I mean, we see how it's treated in the media. Like you blame yourself, you try to find, and maybe it's just like a safety precaution. Like you don't want to feel unsafe. So you try to find that it was your fault or I guess we all react differently in like stressful times. And like, sometimes it's baffling and you don't understand it, but it's still not your fault. No, absolutely. So what happened next? I mean, obviously like this was somebody that was in your class, um, like what happened when, like, when you got home, how did you feel like the next day, the next week? Like what, what was going through your mind after this? Thankfully, this was the last day of class. So I didn't ever have to see him in that class again. I did end up seeing him on campus and just like averted my eyes and ran. (laughs) Um, But when I got home, because I was in college, I was like sharing a one bedroom with someone and she was there with her boyfriend and I just wanted to like crawl under my covers and cry. And they're like, how was your date? You know, and I had to be like, oh, it was fine. Like, I don't think I'm into it, like trying to just avoid the conversation. And act like everything was completely normal. Yeah, because I don't want to say it, you know, and... I just like remember going in the shower and like sitting down and crying and feeling like so gross and I just didn't really understand it. It took it took a while. Um it's funny cuz I had just started therapy and 2 days later I had a therapy appointment and I didn't tell her. Really? <laughs> I ended up never telling her. Wow. Um, Why do you think that it, did you tell anyone? I sort so it's hard to remember because I didn't identify it as like a predatory event like I kind of said like it was like a crappy experience it really upset me I feel kind of violated but I don't know why Mm -hmm. so I would usually play it down when I told people and I didn't tell details so they I don't think people realize the full extent I did 
want to tell, like, I feel like I needed to tell my mom. And I remember FaceTiming her and sobbing for like 30 minutes before I could say it and thinking she was going to like be ashamed of me and be mad and all that. So I did tell her, but in my memory, I'm like, does she even really know like the full extent of what that was? I'm, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's a, it's a type of thing where it's like almost nobody will ever understand the full extent except for you because it happened to you. And it's something that I'm sure also like your brain has tried to block out parts of it because it's like so scary and painful to think about. And I know that happens to some people. And I guess one, one thing that I question in hindsight now looking back, would you have gone about not the actual like instance, not what actually happened differently, but the aftermath. Like, would you have told someone? Would you have tried to report it? Would you have like, uh, what would you, you know, like confronted him or or what has gone through your mind? And and I I, I will share an experience that I had um, after you answer this because because I think about like in hindsight all the time, which is yeah. why I'm asking. I think like I wish I could I have identified it earlier and maybe like, I know there's a lot of resources like called a helpline or something and, and understood. I still feel like a lot of fear when it comes to reporting, like for obvious reasons, because people have, you know, been doubted a lot. And I think like, it always comes to that sticking point of like, I eventually said no, and he eventually respected the no. So like, he did nothing wrong. That's kind of like what I think will always be thrown back at me. So I don't, I guess I wish I told people it was just kind of like the way that I f ended up processing it was more internal or like feeling awkward telling people or just not really knowing how to define it. But like in retrospect, sure, like I wish someone could have reprimanded him and he wouldn't like one thing I've thought about since then is like when he took me to that parking garage, he knew where he was going. So like I wasn't the first person and probably not the last and like that breaks my heart that I did nothing to stop that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right. All right. I know that everyone has their hands up and I get it. I had debilitating anxiety when I was single. And even when I first started dating Jake, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I know that is not a good way to feel and that is not a fun way to date. And I get it. It can be hard to find an anxiety relief tactic that works for you. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new one that has helped me dramatically with my wedding and work stress and anxiety over the last few months. And trust me, there's been a lot of it. Sunset Lake CBD is an amazing company that not only has helped me feel so much better, but they also have a really cool history and mission. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. As farmers, they believe in providing only top-shelf CBD and hemp products at fair prices. So they cut out the middlemen and they ship their CBD straight from their farm to your door, which means that their CBD is affordable and trusted because CBD and anxiety relief can help everyone and they want it to be accessible to anyone. Trust me when I say that when I'm stressed or anxious, my sleep is the first thing to go. But despite everything I have going on right now, I've been taking a sleep gummy before bed 
bed and my sleep scores on my aura ring have been through the roof. Plus, I'm finding myself relaxing more at night and being able to turn off my work brain and my anxiety with the help of their CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews. Whether you want to sleep better, relax better, focus better, recover better, or anything in between, Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use code SOP for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off farmer-owned, Vermont-grown Sunset Lake CBD. Brave the uncomfortable. Those are the words engraved on my bracelet that have gotten me through some of the most anxiety-inducing moments over the last few years. And that's why I could not be more excited to encourage you all to get a Presently bracelet of your own with a phrase that resonates with you. Presently is a line of mindfulness bracelets engraved with words inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The brand was started by two sisters, Lindsay and Emily, who have obsessive compulsive disorder, aka OCD, and anxiety. They realized that when stuck in an anxiety spiral, it's hard to put into practice the tools that they learned therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone presently has your back. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from. And if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently, and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeing other people. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating, and my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin-D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin D has truly transformed my life. Not only can I breathe better and sleep better since taking Claritin D, but I also can get through the day so much smoother. I used to have to cancel plans because of how bad my allergies were. I'd go through a tissue box a week, sometimes more, and my eyes were always watery. But Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes, and it tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. It's truly the greatest thing I've ever come across and I am so grateful that I found it and started using it. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. 
Well, it's hard because it's like you don't want to put it's a lot of responsibility uh, yeah, yeah. That, that you didn't ask for. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that unfortunately stays with you. And obviously, like this is just like this is your story. This is what happened to you. And, and anyone who's listening who has had a similar experience, like there's no right or wrong way to go about it. We all have to process it the way that works for us. And it takes time. And, and some people might go do one thing and, and other people might not. Um, but one thing I do know, and obviously like I'm not an expert on this. And, and like you said, there are a lot of resources, but if um, anyone is listening, just keep in mind, if this does ever happen to you in the future, the one thing they do say is don't shower. Um, because if you shower, you remove evidence. So if it, it does happen to anyone and um, you do at, uh, actually want to report it, do not sit on the bottom of the shower crying. Um, but, um, yeah, so I just wanted to point that out. And yeah, so in terms of what you said about like, do you, like, or the question I asked about hindsight. So one thing that I'll share is that like, uh, a similar situation did happen to me. Um, and it was actually somebody who lived in my building who I grew up with like oh, went God. to high school with and knew for a very long time. And we were never like good friends or anything like that, but like we were like friendly acquaintances and um, ran into each other at a bar one night and um, were pretty drunk and, and went back. And yeah, it was like, I, I didn't, I didn't want it to be happening. Um, I knew that, but I was like, Oh, like I, I like, well, we were walking back to the same apartment anyway. Mm-hmm. We hadn't like, we're walking back. We hadn't kissed at this point or anything. Um, and he was also like kind of seeing one of my friends at the time. So that was like another reason where I was like, no, like I know she likes him. Like they've gone on a few dates. Like I don't want any of this to be happening, but like, okay, like we're just walking home from the bar together. I'd rather be walking home with somebody like feeling safe than like walking home by myself at 3am. Um, and I don't like remember all of the details. I mean, I know I was definitely like very drunk and I also have a feeling that like, I purposely like don't want to remember some of it, but, um, I ended up in his apartment. I was like, okay, fine. Like, we'll just like make out for a bit and then I'll leave. And the next thing I know, he's like fully like on top of me, like, and I'm trying to get like, I'm trying to get off. I'm saying no. I'm like yelling no. And God. he won't stop. And it eventually I was able to like push him off. And it was like, I ran out of there. And like, as soon as I could, I grabbed, I put on the wrong pants. Like I, I, I put on his pants. I ran out hysterically crying, got up to my apartment. I, because I put on the wrong pants, I didn't have my wallet or my phone or my key. Oh God. So I was sitting outside of my door, hysterically crying all night, banging, trying to wake up my roommates. They wouldn't wake up. Um, And it was like one of the worst nights of my life. Um, And I had to see him the next day to get my phone back, to get my wallet back and my keys back and everything. And like, I don't think he knew what he did. I don't think he had a clue. And... He's someone I still run into from time to time. And he's someone who went on to date, not the the friend of mine who was into him, but another girl that I knew. And I'm just like, it's, it's such a scary thing. And it's like, I, it's someone who like 
he is a good guy. I don't think he knows what he did. And that's the problem. Yeah. And that's where like, I think it happens so often and it's too relatable. And do I wish I called him out on it and, and like said to him, like, you did this to me last night? Or like, do you realize how much you like fucked me up? Yes, I do. But I don't think, I think I was afraid to do that because I think he would have just been like, no, like you wanted it or like, no, that like, I didn't do that, you know, like, and, and make me feel like I was crazy. Um, and yeah, it, it is hard. And, um, it's something that has definitely impacted like my ability to just like be intimate with some, with people. Like I, I know for me, anytime I like start dating someone, like it take, I, I tell them like on our first few dates or anything, like, even if I go back to someone's apartment, I'm like, we're not having sex. We're not having sex. We're not having sex. And like the way they respond to that to me says like volumes about who they are, you know? So I guess my next question for you is like, how did this impact you long-term when it comes to dating? You mentioned you hadn't really dated before or had sex. And so obviously as, as we go through our twenties, as we go through college and graduate, that is something that we do usually want to do. So what, what was that experience like for you? Yeah. Well, first off, I'm like, so sorry for that experience and like, it's crazy to hear something that to me is such a clear cut thing. And you also have those fears and those doubts. Um, so it must just be a common experience. So yeah, heavy, um, dating for me, that was sort of like the beginning. And after that, I got into like two long-term relationship, like back-to-back long-term relationships with people who were like friends for months before we even kissed which felt very safe. So it's only been recently that I've tried like app dating and stuff. And this has been sort of a new phenomenon. Um, But I'd say even in like the friendship, well, I'd say like dating a friend is part of the after effect of like, I feel much more comfortable in the friend stage than in the acquaintance stage. Mm -hmm. Um, it, It feels safer to me. And like, I feel a much greater need for control in any type of like initial stages um, of dating someone or like getting physical with someone. Like I want to be the one saying we're going to do it and like taking all the actions. And like, that's when I feel a lot safer. Yeah. And has that been obviously like with, I'm sure with these two relationships, because you had that friendship before and that trust and that comfort, I'm sure they were okay with it. Um, but how do you go about actually like creating that safe space for you and and creating a situation where you can be in control? I don't know if I can all that much. Like, I think it's just going to be kind of scary the first time. Like, but I would say like, so the next person I dated ended up being like the first person I had sex with. Um, and like, I was so 100% sure and ready when we did it. I like, decided ahead of time. I invited him to my house. Like I made all the, called all the shots. And so like, I felt really in control of that situation. And like, there was no, I guess like the, in the moment split second decisions is where I feel like I sometimes still mess up or like get scared. And so like, if I choose ahead of time, I feel a lot safer about that. It's like, oh yeah, I already decided I'm okay with getting physical with this person. So Mm -hmm. like, it's fine. But if I make it at the last second, I feel like 
that's when it's kind of sketchy. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think that's really smart is to like, you know who you are and you know what you need. And and so for you or for anyone or even me who's like been in a similar experience or had something like this happen to them, I, I think that's really good advice is to like decide beforehand mm-hmm. and and stick to those boundaries. And if if maybe your decision starts to like waver while you're in the moment or on the date or something, say like, no, let me stick to what I said I'm going to do. And then I can rethink this before the next time I see them. Exactly. And and if it's the person who is going to make you feel comfortable, and if it's like a, a good situation, then there will be that next time, you know? And so it's not like you're going to miss out if you don't like let your, like, if you don't push that boundary a little, I think, I think that's really smart because comfort really is like such an important thing. Yeah. yeah. Have you talked to like anyone else who has been through this? Do you feel like you're at a crossroads in your love life? Maybe you're in the thick of modern dating or you're wondering if the person you're with is your person. Whatever your situation, I have the perfect podcast for you. It's called Dateable, your insider's look into modern dating, hosted by Julie Krafchick and Yue Shu. They talk about it all, from why you're choosing the wrong partner and how to stop, to how to actually go from matching on the app to getting on a date, to securing your anxious attachment and everything in between. Julie and Yue have been on Seeing Other People, and I've been a guest on their podcast too, so if you're looking for a great starting point, check out my episode of Dateable, Season 15, Episode 10, Is It Chemistry or Anxiety? Guys, this podcast is incredibly relatable, insightful, and oftentimes hilarious. Wherever you start, Dateable will help you feel inspired to date differently and create a love life that works for you. You can subscribe and listen to episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts every Wednesday and Sunday. So check out Dateable and thank me later. Not really. Um, I have one friend who has been through like something in the family, but it was like when she was a child and drugs were involved, it's like very different type of scenario. So you're maybe the first person I'm talking to who has also experienced something in like that feels a little bit more familiar. So yeah, yeah I've kind of well, avoided talking to people about it. I I can understand that and happy to, to be <laughs> to commiserate with you about it. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely can understand that. And I think, I know, at least for me, it's something that I, I really don't talk about like in much detail. Like I think the amount of detail I just shared is the amount of detail that anyone knows. And, and those few people are like, I think my two best friends who I was living with at the time. And I, when I finally was able to get into my apartment that day, I told them. Um, but even like, I think the way I went about dating and like having sex with people and even like getting to a point where I could feel comfortable with someone is like at any, any time where I was like, maybe it like back at their apartment or they were back at mine or they were like, do you want to come over for me? What I had to do, like, first of all, like don't go back to someone's place. If you're not comfortable with them, don't get in someone's car. If you're not, comfortable with them. Um, obviously you can't always nap like hand that can't, isn't always a possibility, but if you can control it, don't. Um, and the, but the thing that I would say to people is like, it takes me a really long, like, I like you. I'm glad that we're hanging out and I'm excited to see where this 
is going, but it takes me a really long time to be comfortable with people. And I've had bad experiences in the past. So we're not doing this. And I'd say nine out of 10 times, they've reacted in a really positive way and been like, Oh my God, of course, don't worry. Like we can literally like watch TV. Like you, you don't even have to come back if you don't want to like, or like, I just want to hang out. We don't have to do anything. Um, and that's been really great to know and and to experience and to hear and, and to realize that there are good people out there. Um, but I have had people who have said like, okay, like and acted that way. And then 10 minutes later, a switch flips and they're trying to pressure me. And I think when I was younger and, and a few years ago, I would kind of stay in that situation a little too long. And there were times where like, I got in like screaming fights with guys yeah. and had to like run out of their apartment. And then the next day, like one, one guy was like, I don't understand like why you're mad at me. And I'm like, I have nothing to say to you. Like that is just ridiculous. And so as unfortunate as it is, it's like, I'd rather know that about them and know that that's who they are. And that's not the type of person that I want to be with. I, I think that's good. Like, I like that you bring that up. Cause I think that's been sort of my MO is like, I've, I've had bad, ex- I've had a bad experience or like, that's kind of my way of referring to it. Cause it's vague enough to feel safe. I have more anxiety, like even just a kiss because like, that's how it escalated probably for me. I, it's usually around that. So the conversation comes a lot earlier where like, if someone wants to kiss me on a first date, I'm like, absolutely not. So I'm like, I have to move very slowly or like I kind of pointed on like I'm awkward or something. I kind of like make it something else mm-hmm. that feels a little easier and it's still pretty new. But like um, as I've been dating, I think someone like ended up bringing up a conversation about consent and something they watched about it and that like it's super important to them and like whatever pace. And I was like, okay, you're a good one. You know, like you learn a lot about someone by kind of taking it slow and seeing if they're okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's great that you did were able to have those two experiences where they were your friends first and you really got yeah. to feel comfortable with them. And I think that that's a, a really great way to go about it. Um, and obviously it's not the only way, but I think especially right after, like especially those first experiences after, it's it's going to be really scary. And it's not gonna be something that you wanna do. And so I think, I mean, to anyone listening definitely like take your time and be as comfortable with somebody as you can possibly feel. Because if, if it's somebody who isn't going to let you have that time and isn't going to like respect your need to go as slow as you need, then that's ultimately just not the person for you. Um, and so for you, even as you like are getting into like dating apps and stuff, like it it is scary because these are people that you don't know. And how do you know if you can trust them? Um, and also it's like, as we get older, we expect that people want to like move faster and jump into bed like more quickly. And, and that that's just like the way it works. But I will say like, like I've had really positive experiences with people being willing to go slow. Like I, like I mentioned, but even like my ex-boyfriend and I, we were in a relationship before we had sex. And I actually think that this, a lot of my friends listening are going to be like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> I'm not, not, they're not going to have known that, but it, yeah. And that's, 
that's something that made me feel really comfortable and confident. And it's, it's something that can happen even in your mid twenties and your late twenties. Like there are good people out there who are, are willing to like wait. And I think that's a really like beautiful silver lining. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Looking back, like, what do you wish that, not that you had done differently, but like, what do you wish you knew, you know, about the experience or about like, like before, during, or after? I guess I just wish I, like, I was, I feel like I was a little bit naive to safety stuff and I still feel that way sometimes. Like I'm sure it'll come up, but I'll talk about like a recent dating experience that kind of spurred me to talk with you about this, but it's just like, there's a lot you have to keep into your mind. Um, but I think it was like in retrospect, a little bit foolish probably to get into his car. Um, or just like, I don't know. It's like, you can look back and you're like, it's part of also being young. Like, I wish I knew all these things, but some of that, I guess you just learn as you get older. But I think like, I guess more important than being able to say no is like maybe prevent yourself from getting in a situation where you have to say no. Like, like I was saying, like you were saying, I think too, like know what your boundaries are ahead of time and maybe make it a little bit like further back than it even needs to be so that like you stick to your guns and like, that's that and you won't even move to the next step until you're a hundred percent there so it's it's fine if you wait like your life will go on it's it's gonna be fine so yeah I guess just have an excuse of where you're gonna go to next like that kind of stuff I'm kind of ble- bleeding into different topics but yeah I I guess I wish I had known enough to like identify what happened to me and maybe known like a little bit more about how to safely date at that younger age and like wasn't just so trusting yeah, it's hard because it's like we're until something bad happens to you, the default is to be trusting. Yep. And I think that it's like, oh yeah, like if only I had like known more or had decided to like not get in his car and stuff. And it's <laughs> like, like we're trusting and we're trusting until we're not. Um, but yeah, I mean, on, on the stuff about like the safety aspects, I think that's a really, really good point. And I think there are a lot of ways that we can keep ourselves safe. Um, I know there are like different apps. Um, I don't know them, the names off the top of my head, but I will, um, I'll, I'll do a post about them or or post on the seeing other people Instagram story. So, um, stay tuned for those, but there are different apps where it's like, you can designate like different friends to know exactly like when you get to the place and when you leave. Um, Mm -hmm. I know sometimes my friends and I will tell each other, like I'm going on a date here at this time, this is the person or like, here's a picture of them and like their name and stuff. So that like, God forbid anything happens, like at least somebody knows where I am and who I was with. Um, My friends and I all have each other on find my friends And so I think certain things like that are really um, good to just keep in mind and and like precautions to take. And there's also the the iPhone emergency thing. If you ever end up in a really bad situation, if you hold down like the volume button and the power button for like 10, 20 seconds, it'll, it'll call 911. And 
Um, the reason that they do that is so that like you, you don't even have to speak, like they will listen and they will be able to track you and find where you are. So uh, like worst case scenario, but if you're ever in a situation that you really need to get out of, like that's there for you. It sucks because it's like, I wish we didn't have to talk about this and I wish it wasn't a thing that people experience and, and need to like be aware of. Yeah. It's honestly, it's such a mental load. Like, I don't know if people realize how many like things are going on in my mind to try and be safe on a date and then like I always learn something else like oh my god I I went to the bathroom and I left my drink like and I didn't even think about that or like stuff like that and it's also like has kind of a negative side of I feel like this crazy guilt of like if I missed a safety precaution that's on me I how did I do that I've already been through this I should know better etc and so it's like it has this flip side of like, I should know every single safety precaution and it's my responsibility to take care of myself. And like, it kind of has this like negative side to it as well. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, the the guilt and, and the feeling like it's it's your fault and you did something wrong or you could have avoided it. It's like, at the end of the day, you could follow every safety precaution, but if this person has this intention, like it, it almost doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. Like they will find a way. Yeah. I mean, I think like one thing I was thinking about as I was talking about this is like, just, it's like one of those hard, ambiguous things. And I always think of like, if someone's like stolen, like someone mugs someone or someone's like assaults someone, it's so obvious and clear cut that you would never want that done to you, that you know exactly what happened. But this is something that sometimes you might be okay with it. And that's what brings all the ambiguity. And I guess like in terms of my fear of naming it, like I almost think like if someone like came up to you and like took your purse off of you and walked away and you just kind of froze, you might feel kind of awkward calling that a mugging, but Mm -hmm. like that doesn't mean you, it wasn't okay. Like you don't, you just don't necessarily have a great word for it. Like you feel violated and that, and like, that's kind of how I feel in my situation. Like something like assault implies violence to me and it's really uncomfortable to put that word to it. But it's, and like, I almost feel like that should be reserved for those like really awful situations that do happen. But then like, there isn't really a word for like whatever you and I went through that was like still absolutely not okay. And like something that should be reported and yet like might not feel comfortable to put the word assault on. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's the weird thing about it. It's like, and and about consent in general, because it's like, okay, like no means no. So if you say no, and then it still happens, then like, that's assault, that's rape. But it's like, technically, consent is saying yes. And in, like, in my case, yes, I went back to his apartment. But did I go back with the intention of having sex? Absolutely not. Did I say like, yes, let's have sex? No, I didn't. But did I like make out with him? Yes. Did I like plan on doing like a little more than that? Maybe. I don't remember. But at no point was I, did I say like, yes, let's have sex. And that's the thing is like, that's such a rare thing. Like people don't like when, especially when you're in the moment, people aren't like, yes, I'm going like, let's do this thing. And technically that's what consent is. And so the lines are so blurry as to like, oh, like, well, I didn't say no, but like, I didn't want to do it. 
Um, or like, I didn't say yes, but like, I, that's not what I was there for. Or like, it wasn't like, like, a, like aggressively physically harming or like, that's why it's so hard because there are so many different levels of it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. And, and it is this like violating, terrifying experience especially for people who like either are young or have never had sex before or don't know the person like it for both of us it was with an acquaintance but there are so many cases where it's either like date rape or it's like somebody at a bar who you've never met before and then it just happens and so i mean it's such a like spectrum but at the end of the day like we each have our own experience and we each like, and it's real to each of us and it's real to every single person who has experienced something like this. And I think that at the end of the day, like that's all that matters and anyone can call it whatever they want to call it, but it, it happened and it, it impacts each of us in so many different ways than for like ever. It doesn't just like go away one day, one day you're not just like over it. You're like, Oh, like this happened, like whatever, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, do you think, do you think it'll ever not have an impact on you? Oh, no, it'll always like have a little bit of a, like, even if it's just reflecting back on it and having like this confusion about it, like that will always probably be there. And it's kind of hard to say because I didn't really date that much before it. So it's like, well, how much of this is just I'm awkward and how much of this is like due to that? It's hard to say, but. Yeah, I mean, that's such a jarring experience. And like, it it really changes your sense of safety. Yeah, there's no way it's not going to stick with you. Yeah. I'm still so stuck on that you didn't tell your therapist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I said like I had a bad experience, like that kind of the bad experience became my way to tell people. And like, no one knows what this means. So very few people in my life even know, I think like my sister knows it's about it. Yeah. Um, I did have a new therapist like two years later and it took me like three months to tell her, but I finally did tell her and she was like, I knew there was something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I was able to like process a lot of that with her, but yeah, it, it took a long time for me to really talk about it. Yeah. Is there anything that she said that was like particularly helpful in your processing of it? We did like this tapping. It's, I forget exactly what it's called, but it's like you kind of go back and tap to like re-regulate your emotions as you remember that. And that's made it such that I can like go back to that moment and think about it or talk about it and not like have my anxiety come up. Like I feel calm. I'd say one thing that was like probably an accidental side effect is like as you're tapping you kind of think about how you would change the situation if you were there now and that's probably compounded my guilt a little bit it's like oh I could have done this I could have done that I'm sure yeah that makes sense and and I mean like you said like there will always be things we could have done yeah but at the end of the day like who knows I mean a who knows what that would have changed maybe it would have gotten us out of the situation and I think in a lot of cases it would have, but, um, it's, I think the most important thing to remember is that like, it's not our fault. Yeah. Like it really truly isn't, um, whether or not we said no, whether or not we like 
tried to get out of the the unsafe situation. Like it really, really isn't your fault. It wasn't my fault. Anyone who's listening who's been through this, it was not your fault. And I wish, I mean, I wish I like was an expert on this. I wish I like had had anything like that was more valuable to say, but I think everyone's gonna kind of like we said, like process it differently and and it's gonna take time. Um but yeah, it's it's not your fault. <laughs> okay, so now knowing everything that you know about the experience you went through and how it's impacted you, what do you really like wish people knew about it? I think I wish that when it comes to consent, we sort of like started assuming no. Um, I think we kind of assume yes, or like you kind of want the person to be on the same page as you. And I think this is the reason why, like you said, the person like in your experience doesn't know. I'm pretty sure the person in my experience doesn't know, like he acted very clueless. I was like, how about we just like, I I think it's better to make the situation safe for everybody and like comfortable for people who might've experienced this because you probably won't know if they have. So like, just assume no, like it, it, it might be slightly awkward to have to get a verbal yes, but it's so worth it to like, just be very, very clear. Yeah. And I think like, one other thing is like, if someone does tell you about it, I feel like like you have a great reaction, like just sort of like affirming that they went through that, like affirming that you believe them and that like you're sorry it happened and like, you know, no pressure on any taking any action from it. And I think like if you're dating someone who went through that, like one thing I really wish that people would do is like, A, like say, is there some sort of like safe word you want or is there anything I should avoid doing that could like trigger something from that experience and like what's a way that I can like make it easy for you to talk about this again if you feel like you need to process it because I think that's been a hard thing is you bring it up the one time and you talk about it and maybe you don't feel like going into that much detail but like later you might feel like you want to like process some more and you feel like weird to bring it up so just like giving people a lot of space to process it would be great. Yeah, I think that's a really great point because, and I think asking about that, like if somebody does say to you like on on one occasion, like this happened, I think immediately saying, I mean, like you said, like, like understanding that they went through that and that and and don't try and say like oh like maybe maybe it wasn't that or like well like you were there like you let it happen like obviously don't say anything like that but I love the point you made about saying like if you ever do want to talk about this like we can and how can I make this more comfortable for you I think that also will just that like that establishes a a, like a trusting relationship and an amazing foundation for like growth and, and for a partnership, which is obviously really important. Um, and I love what you said about like assuming no, I think that's a really, really important and like cool thing. And, and I know there was this thing like throughout COVID where like, if people were going on dates and they didn't know if they could kiss and, So people actually started asking, like, can I kiss you? Mm -hmm. And I think that was a really big step in 
kind of what you said of like assuming no and, and asking and not doing anything until you know that the other person's okay with it. And I think for that reason, I'm like, that is one of the silver linings about COVID is that people started to really like respect each other more and, and understand that everyone has different boundaries and, and had different levels of what they were okay with and what they felt safe with. And, and so I think keeping that mindset moving forward in dating, whether it's about kissing or about having sex or about like going back to someone's place, like just always asking and you're not going to, there's nothing to lose. There's absolutely nothing to lose by asking if the other person is comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I would even say like make no easy as you ask. Cause that's like another thing is it might be uncomfortable. Like just, I would make it very, very like you want the person doing this with you to be enthusiastic. Yes. Right. So just make no easy. And so that if they mm-hmm. said yes, they like went out of their way to say yes. Like, you know, be like, this is might be the, I don't mean, I don't have a great thing off the top of my head, but yeah, just make the no, like the easy thing for them to say so that it's, you know, not hard to get out of the situation if they want to. Yeah. And with that, I also think like that whole idea of if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Like yes. if somebody is kind of like, I don't know, like maybe or like, mm, like I wasn't planning on it, but like, you know, I like, I want to, but like, I don't know, like maybe I'll like regret it or like, just no, like just no. be like, okay, like no. then, then no, like let's do something else. Like yeah. let's go play cards or like have a, like a thumb war, like whatever the hell it is. <laughs> if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Yeah, totally agree. And then I guess like one last question I have is, are there any ways that this has impacted you or your mental health or your life in ways that people wouldn't expect it to? I think at the time it was definitely like a rock bottom experience for me. And like, I interpreted it as like me having major boundary issues. And that was like a like that's what I did talk to my therapist about. I mean, it ended up being a starting point for me practicing no and stuff like that. And I think just like generalized anxiety of acquaintances has been like something that's happened. I think like recently a neighbor, I was talking with like a group of them and we we're having a good time and I was telling them I teach yoga and it's like, oh, you should come sometime. I'll teach you. And like, kind of made a plan with a guy to teach him yoga. And then I went home and I like had knots in my stomach. I was like, Oh my God, did I like put myself in this position? Why did I do that? I've already agreed. Like I had this anxiety that I probably wouldn't have otherwise had, um, of like innocent situations that I might be like interpreting naively. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense because it's like, that's, that's how you got into the situation before. And, And like, it's like with an acquaintance, um, and I think I think there's nothing wrong with like letting yourself make those plans and stuff, but maybe like have a have another person there, or like I think there are, there are ways to navigate that that will you'll feel a little better and like less wrong about you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so 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 much for coming on for I mean even reaching out. The second I saw your email, I was like, yes, this episode <laughs> needs to happen. Um, and I I really am so appreciative that you were willing to like talk to me about it especially when you really haven't talked to many people about it and and I do feel like there will be a lot of people in in our situation like similar situations who are going to listen to this and feel a lot less alone in what they've been through so thank you again for joining us thank you everyone for listening and this has been seeing other people unfiltered